It is great to have you for season four of the Family Goals podcast with Davey Pollock and Pastor Jay. I'm Joel House, and on this podcast, we want to encourage you to grow closer to God, to strengthen your marriage, and to inspire your family to reach its highest potential. Today, we just really need to catch up since it's been so long. So check out this episode as we introduce the five love languages and how to better love your kids. Season four of the Family Goals podcast with Davey Pollock and Pastor Jay. It's about to go down. I'm just, can you believe we're still doing this? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, More shocked probably that people watch it (laughs) or listen. Um, Dude, so how about this? This is this is a first in my life, I, and this is an honest to God, true story. I had a, a person come up to me the other day, and they're like, "You look really familiar," and I was like, "Okay." I was like, hey, no, no, no. "Nice <laughs> to meet you." He's like, uh, "No, you look really, really familiar," and and uh, so you think Georgia football or game day or yeah. Bengals, and he's like, "You're the podcast guy." <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know who this was? Uh. Uh-uh. This is Troy Wilson last night. Oh, yeah. He goes, yeah. You're, you're the podcast guy. And I was like, that's what I'm talking about. He had no idea who David was at all. Other than the Family Goals podcast. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, that is great. Yeah, it's winning. I've, I've had a lot of people across the country in different spots be like, oh, dude, I found, I came across Family Goals. It's awesome. Yeah. I had somebody tell me the other day at a basketball game. They're like, uh, dude, I, I drive like two hours in the car every day and I'm always looking for things. He was like, I just found your podcast a couple months ago. And he's like, I'm caught up. <laughs> I was like, dang, bro. So he got on it. So this is hopefully we're doing what we wanted to do. Just inspire, motivate, show yeah. you guys well, where, where we've screwed up. And It's interesting because we had no plan when we got started. It's like, well, the original idea was let's write a book together. Yeah. And then, and then we thought, well, let's, let's just do a podcast. and then Take that and write a book. Yeah, take that and write a book. And we still haven't written our book. No. But, you know, the, the podcast has gotten traction. I mean, it started off kind of like our friends and, and more like our church yeah. people watching. But now, like you said, it's kind of expanding. I'll tell you what's really taken off is the shorter clips. Holly's done the videos, and she's killed it. Like taking the shorter clips, especially you. Uh, if, it, if it's me or somebody else, you know, I might get a few thousand Coach views. Rick was good. Coach, I mean, well, that's true. We did, a bunch of, we've had a, gr- a bunch of great guests with John Gordon and Coach oh, Rick. Oh, yeah, that's and right. We've had a bunch Her, of – Herb Street. Herb Street's clip the other day. Like, Reese we've had a bunch Davis. Of, yeah, we've had a bunch of great guests that, listen, we're here to share our faith, and we're here yeah. to help you grab something from this that maybe makes you better in your walk, better with your kids, better with your wife, and – Share some experiences of us really screwing it up and, and hopefully don't do what we do. And then Pastor Jay, do what he did. Do what he does. <laughs> Not always. Yeah, it's funny. We're, we were watching college basketball the other night, and Jennifer goes, there's your buddy. <laughs> and uh, she was talking about Reese Davis, and yeah. I was like, I, it didn't hit me at first. I didn't know what she was talking about. I'm just used to watching him on TV, and I'd forgotten yeah. that we'd even interviewed him. And, and he was phenomenal. He was like good. The, he was talking about that wristband he wore with the he's a phenomenal first, first Peter Bible verse. Phenomenal on it. dude. Period. Yeah. I mean, he's just phenomenal. So let's good word. Phenomenal. Before we get into the the content of today, I, I'm still kind of reeling from the the Bengals getting hosed last night mm. in the AFC championship game. I know you're a Bengals fan. You like to say Bengals, but how did you feel they got hosed? The whole, the NFL like rigged. It's obvious. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is great. Yeah. I, I agree. With, I agree with you there. Travis Kelsey's great. Yep. 
But it's obvious that the refs, the NFL, everyone involved, even Tony Romo, is wanting the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. All the play, the calls, the the refs host them. They were like, so you we, think you think NFL games are rigged? After last night, I do. Okay, so will you watch NFL again? Will you watch the Super Bowl? I don't know. It's it's, it's debatable. It was um, is I mean, if it's if it's rigged, why would you watch it? Well, that's that's kind of where I am. Okay, I, I, I'm I, like I, WWE here. We got we got pro wrestling. <laughs> Lord have mercy. I, I don't get. I the, mean, I don't get the outrage at all. I, I is, is there more? I hadn't seen anything. I saw. I, this is just my perspective. I, I, I've seen a bunch of it on, on social, but I just don't. I mean, refs are human. The, the call that when they had a third down and they ran a play, like and they stopped and them. they stopped they them, gave and then they gave play. them another play. That was the strangest. That was one of the strangest things yeah. I've ever seen. Now, when they finally showed the replay, you saw the ref run in on the field, like fifteen yards on the field, and blow his whistle, and like. I mean, he stopped the play, but it was so loud at Arrowhead, people couldn't hear it. Even the announcers couldn't hear it, which is hard to do sometimes. When even when you're in the booth, it's it's so loud, even with headphones on and, and all the mics they have to try to to cover everything. But I'm not. I I never believe this the 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 rig thing. I, I think I don't think the NFL does that. I've, I've been a part of it. I just I think that they would. I don't think they're trying to do that by any stretch of the imagination. And I also think Joe Burrow was a big deal, anyways. Like it ain't like Joe Burrow's you know chicken soup. Or chicken salad, like Patrick Mahomes is the dude, but either one in the Super Bowl, like it's it's a good it's a win win. I mean, it's not like it's gonna. Well, that's how, that's how I feel. But, yeah, but, but you're uh, but you're an LSU guy, so you got a little oh, more. Yeah. I'm I'm definitely get a little more. I was definitely biased. Vinegar towards. I was uh, definitely biased for sure, but it's like okay that we stop him on third down. Or let's just well we didn't run the play. I mean, if the ref's gonna stop the play, then stop the play. He didn't stop the play. Well, he tried to. He tried. He didn't do it. So it should. It should. They ran the play. Like every. They were even. They were. Okay. Running the play so team let me ask you a question: If if he ran on the field and he was on the field like he was, fifteen yards on the field, and somebody ran into him, would you say okay? Then we stop the play. Yes. Because that's what he did. I mean, he ran on the field to stop the play. I mean, he blew the whistle. He tried to, and if. If one person hears it, is it does it count? You know, like, I I understand what you're saying, but if if you're going on the field and you're stopping the play and you're going to do that and you blow the whistle and you've made that decision, I think you got to stick with it. You can't just go, huh, oopsies, sorry, you know, I'm I'm going to step back out, whoopsies. Um, but here's the thing, we we can tweak That'd be it. a good thing for your one job. You had one job. Yeah, blow the whistle out. His job. You know, you know what though, like. And, and but then they stopped him on the next play. They sacked Patrick Mahomes. But then they called pass interference. Defensive give, holding. Give him, yeah. And it was. He was clearly holding him. I mean, I, that's the thing. You see, it's like I saw some so many people upset the 49ers had so many plays against him. I watched all the plays. Well, it was pass interference. It was a face mask. It was hold, like, I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I don't I don't get down with the conspiracy theory people very often. Um, but here's the thing. Even though you're going for the Bengals, even though I'm a Bengals fan, I'm going for the Bengals. How do you not just marvel at Patrick Mahomes? I mean, I just, I have to sit back and I have to literally go like, we're probably never going to see this again. Like, this guy is is one of one. I mean, he is, dude, he's incredible. I mean, just, you're hurt the whole game and you can tell. He's he's limping around. And, and anybody who's had a high ankle sprain, by the way, that's four to six weeks you're out, like, and you're not going to be the same guy. A week later, he's hobbling around on the field, and in the biggest moment when your team needed you the most, you ran for a first down and got the necessary yards to go kick a field goal. So, like, 
I get it. Oh, I don't take anything away all that from stuff. But that that dude, I mean, there's Patrick just something Mimes about incredible. There's just something about that guy that he's just special, man. And and watching him, I think you just appreciate. It. Listen, Joe Burrow's not much different. I mean, Joe Burrow's got magic. Like people don't understand how good of an athlete Joe Burrow is. Consistently runs, scrambles, buys time. His supporting cast is not great on the offensive line with the injuries. You know, last year they weren't good anyways. Period. But I just, to me, it was a moment to just sit back and go. I mean, this guy's this guy's Michael Jordan. I mean, em- embrace it, watch it, because we're not going to see this guy again. Yeah, I mean, I, and I agree with you hundred percent. And I'm, and of course, I'm super biased because I'm a Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, LSU. I've jumped on the Bengals because the Saints are pretty bad these days. <laughs> um, and I thought it, it, it's just good to talk. Oh it's, yeah, it's good. but I, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. I mean, Tra- the by the NFL, way, I mean, how about I, the mayor I, of Cincinnati? So what did he say? They were I didn't hear. They were saying that he gave some some uh, plenty of bulletin board material. Yeah, like basically declaring uh, Arrowhead Stadium Burrowhead Stadium. See that was and see and here's see, that makes I, me mad. Well, that that was the thing. I was like, you, you knew Kansas Kansas City's always favored. Like Mahomes has always been favored. That Andy Reid's such a great coach. They've always been favored. But like they gave him they gave him a little extra juice this week. Like and, and it matters. Here, yeah. When you hear Travis Kelsey on the stand on the stage going off, like when you hear the comments out of Patrick Mahomes, you just realize all those athletes out there that think that doesn't matter, or people that think it doesn't matter when you when you uh, say something, it doesn't matter when the media says something. Nobody cares when I say something about certain teams or in college football, but when other teams you're going to play. Like the mayor is one thing, and and people made fun of that because the mayor you're doing a declarative statement and being. It's very interesting that you would do that, but the players, you know, jumping in and the Bengals making comments about certain guys, and it was just and playing there, and then it just started to take hold, and everybody was, everybody was a little bit upset for the yeah. for the Chiefs. You could tell. Well, the whole week when everybody's hyping up Joe Burrow and they're running all these specials, they had Joe Namath doing this thing on cool. ESPN. That's it was it cool. was cool, but I was like. He's going to end up losing now because there's just there's just so much hype. And to your point, the bulletin board material. I mean, Mahomes is the man. I mean, he he really is the man. Joe so. Burrow. Joe Burrow is the best is the best quarterback in the NFL. You watch the NFL. To me, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is the best quarterback. Patrick Mahomes is the best player. He's the best player I've ever seen. Like him and Tom Brady, not even debatable. Him and Peyton Manning, not even debatable. Because he can do everything they can do, but he can also do the stuff that just drops your jaw. I mean, to think about, like, Peyton Manning could never move, and that was never his thing. Um, Patrick Mahomes, that's always his thing. He's always escaping. He's always stepping up in the pocket. And he couldn't do that last night, and he threw for 350. You know? I mean, he couldn't do a lot of that at all. I kept thinking we were going to sack him. I keep saying we like I was playing for the Bengals. But But I think think the, the world was cheering for the the Bengals, but the, here's the thing. Here's the thing that stinks, and unfortunately, I know this firsthand as well. This window for the Bengals, and and everybody thinks it's going to be a huge window, and Joe Burrow is going to be back. Like it depends a lot on team building, and this is hard. It's easy to do on a rookie contract with a quarterback because you're paying him peanuts. You're about to pay him four hundred million dollars, so all that space for T Higgins and Boyd and Jamar Chase and all those guys. Mm-hmm. Now it starts to shrink. And Joe Burrow has to be better and better and better and better. And 
and you have to overcome a franchise that hasn't been great at building around you. Like, that's not the specialty. They haven't been good with the Bengals for that for years. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting because the the window they have now is the easiest window to win. And Joe Burrow having Joe Burrow is going to be, it makes it better better than being everybody else, <laughs> almost anybody else in the, in the NFL. But you got to fit the pieces together and be a really good GM and and get the right free agents. And it's 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 going to be tough. It's going to be tough to the Chiefs have done an amazing job. It's crazy how they've done it and rebuilt and even when Patrick's now on a $400 million deal, you know? Well, I love talking football. <laughs> and I could keep going we could on, do this for hours. on and on. But uh, I want to dive in, and I want to begin our new season uh, with a series on the five love languages for children, a book written by Gary Chapman and Ross Campbell, The Secret to Loving Children Effectively. And so I thought we would dive in. We'll do an introduction today, and then over the next few episodes, we can get into the different uh, five love languages. I think our goal is basically so you don't have to read it. Okay, that sounds like the that, cliff notes. That, that's the, the, I mean, that, that's, that was my thought. This is the only thing I've ever brought into the table or brought to the table, period, in family goals. I don't think I've ever had an idea. I texted Pastor Jay. This is the only thing I've ever thought of, and I was just, let's go through a book and Literally teach them, teach everybody that they don't have to read this. Yeah. And they can, they can go back and read it obviously, but this is, we can help you go through something that maybe will help, help your family, mm-hmm. help you think it's helped me big time. I, I mean, it's helped me with the way I speak to my kids again, not, not perfect by any stretch, but, um, understanding how Nicholas and Leah feel love and, and then talking with my wife and fitting this into like what she thinks, what do you think about? Um, you know, Leah, Leah's a lot easier for us because she's more emotional. She shows her emotions. So, and she's a couple of love languages we'll talk about. She, it's very evident. It's very obvious mm-hmm. with, with her more so than Nicholas, but just try to get you to understand your kid's love language, how they feel love. So you can, you can love them correctly. And well, I think we all love our kids and that's the moral. We all love our kids and we all support our kids, but a lot of times we don't know it, but we're not loving them as, as well as we could, we could, mm-hmm. we could plug in in a different way and be a better parent. And that, that's the only goal. That's, that's the only goal of this is trying to help, you know, help you get to that point. Yeah. I think bef- before we dive in, I, I want to give some disclaimers. Okay. The first disclaimer is you and I are not perfect parents. Speak for yourself. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, anybody who knows me can, can speak to that. Our kids are not perfect kids. No. And we are not parenting experts. No. We but, did stay at a Holiday Inn Express, though. <laughs> but we did we did read the book. So I reread yeah. I reread the book, which was great, and I took notes, and I, I think we we can dive. Had you in read on the that. children's one before? I'd never read the children's one before. It's very similar, obviously, it's, to yeah. the. But I, I think the applying it, I mean, applying it to your kids, kind of like what we we're talking about earlier about you, know, you read things at different times in your life, mm-hmm. or you think about things at different times in your life, and so our season of life, you, know, you kind of hit, it hit me different. Did it? Than it than it did before because Jolin's grown. Uh, Jolin is a grown, which which when Jolin walked in this morning, I was a little bit distracted because of this outfit that he that he has on. I'm not sure what I was. By the way, I was too. Were you distracted? I was it like, was what? What? What is going on with those? I really pants? just felt like wearing my PJs today. Is that what that is? Yeah, these are PJs. What What is on there though? What is it's that? It's the it's Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda from Mandalorian. Yoda <laughs> pants. Come on, and then, dude. What is, what is and the then he's got a McDonald's T-shirt. This is a actually it's a sweatshirt that's yeah. like a triple X. It's just a 
Is that like a thrift store? No, thing? it's McDonald's uh, merch. <laughs> Cac- Cactus flea, Cactus flea market. Seven thirty to make sure he was up. Who buys McDonald's up. merch? Uh, Jolin, your son. Actually, <laughs> no, no, no. Hey, you're twenty. You probably, hey, you probably did. Old son. <laughs> you probably did, and you didn't even know it. No, he's on his own. I mean, he's on his own. Uh, Jolin, are you wow. Tr- uh, Jolin's totally Jolin's uh, Pastor Jay's son. Just to make sure we clarity for everybody. Did are you truly on your own? I'm truly on my own. Yes. A hundred percent. hundred percent. hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. Just making he, sure. Um, yeah. I don't think I would be buying merch from McDonald's. But <laughs> <laughs> I dang sure wouldn't wear it, but that's besides the point. What size, so, what size are you? Like an XL? Okay. I got plenty of shirts I can get. <laughs> Come on, man. As yeah. long as they're not Georgia. No, I got plenty of shirts I can give you. Get rid so, of that. So we started off, we were saying that, that, we love our kids, and I think he starts off with a book, and I think anyone listening to the Family Goals podcast loves their kids. I mean, yeah. no one would argue that. The thing he, he begins in the introduction is, does your child feel loved? Mm-hmm. So there's a, there's a difference in loving our kids and our kids feeling loved. Way, 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 way different. And I, and I, think, I think we know that um, mm-hmm. deep down, but I, I don't think we know how to fix that. Or I, I guess would say, or not how to fix that. I think we know that, but I don't think we know sometimes how to accomplish that. Or and that's why I think this is going to be good to go over because how how do our kids feel love? A lot of times we don't. I, I'm the type of person we've already talked about me being not being overly overly organized and notes and stuff like that. And I don't I don't I do most of my things by feel. I don't do a lot of my things by thinking and taking a puzzle and figuring it out like my moral compass or my way of doing that, the first thing I do 100% of the time is sit down with my wife. Seriously, she's she's way better at seeing things and being able to articulate what she sees. I feel them, but I don't always, I don't I don't know how to uh, audibleize it or say it, and I don't, I don't get it a lot of the times. I mean, she's just, she's always been my person that I can go to, and she th- sees things really clearly. And so him taking you through, you know, this is, how, how does your kid feel love? Well, this is some stories. These are some examples mm-hmm. of how they feel love. And then understanding that now I understand, okay, now I can fulfill them where they, where they need love the most. And, and the tank, you know, the mm-hmm. love tank is how he, he talks about it, but fill their love tank. And then I have, it's just like anything else kind of like, then I have permission to, to discipline, you know, like when, mm-hmm. when I fill my wife's love tank, then I have permission to maybe criticize or, you know, suggest <laughs> Maybe a better word is is suggest other things, but you know that that's but that's step number one. He yeah. talks about is is really big step number yeah, one so, is, yeah. is make sure they feel it. So the idea of this this love tank that every every child has an emotional love tank, and then there's five different love languages or ways that we feel that love tank. And then he even goes on to say that well, I guess the premise of of the book is that every child has a primary love language that they best receive love. Really, from anybody, but but we're specifically talking a parent's love uh, for a child. Well, and we talk so, about it all the time, all of us. We talk about I talk about Nicholas, I talk about Leah. You talk about your kids, mm-hmm. like how different they are. And when we talk, how many times have we talked on this broadcast to different people that talked about, you know, man, my brother does this, and we don't, I don't understand it. We're not, we're nothing alike. We were raised in the same household. Mm-hmm. We were raised by the same people. But were you, were you, are you the same? 
are, are we're not all the same. We don't all feel love the same. So you might not feel love. Your parents might be really, really good at being like your mom might be really physical and hug and love on you and love on you. And that might fill you. That might be exactly what you need. That was me to a T like you put your arm around me. You spend time with me. Like that's, that's my thing. Like that's my thing to this day. Um, but that might not have been my brother, Jason, who's completely different than me, who's struggled throughout his life with a lot of different things. And, still is to this day and I'm not even sure what he's what he's doing right now I haven't talked to him in over a year and a half and um he's been he's been in jail he's been out of jail and he's just he's had his struggles and you know I think I th- that's the first thing I thought about with this book is yeah we were raised in the same house but were we were we were our love languages the same mm-hmm. and they're not they're, they're absolutely not I, I know my brother well enough now that they weren't and so it's, it wasn't the same. It's not raising the same. It's not, it's uh, that he needed love in a different way. And we needed to figure that out probably. And I probably didn't do a good enough job as his brother. And, and my, we probably all could have done things differently now if we knew that that's, that was the point of me sharing that. Yeah. Well, every, every child is different. He makes, I think it's a great point because yeah, we say that a lot. Well, they were raised in the same house, but they both turned out differently, but mm. maybe, maybe they didn't. So I think having a, a specialized plan, just like when you train people in, in workout plans, you know, different people have different goals or different needs, different body types. So you're creating a specific plan for whatever that, whoever, right. whoever you're training. Same with and your it kids. should be specific. You know, have, have a specific way to, to show love for them. And you figured that and, out uh, probably as you went along with your kids. Like you, you start to, you start to notice that stuff, but this is really concrete. And I think it really, it gives you the, it gives you the idea so you're thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And so now when we go through over the next, you know, couple of weeks, we'll, we'll talk about, you know, we'll talk about the different characteristics of whether it's acts of service or physical touch, or whatever. And we're going to tell you exactly what that love language is and give you examples of kids that say, like, how, how do you, here's, here's a start. And we can probably end here and then start to get into the next ones too. But like, when you talk to your kids, how do you know mommy loves you? How do you know daddy loves you? That's the first question. That's a great question to help help discover what your child's. It's the first question because what they is. say is going to be how they feel loved. Mm-hmm. That's good. Well, one of the things he also says is that that even if a child has a primary love language, you're still to to show them love in all five ways. And if you do show them love in all five ways, they're, they're going to feel loved. And so you can. Definitely cover your basis by doing all five things, 100%. but then identifying what the primary thing is. And then he even goes so far as to say uh, that it's easier to train and discipline your kids when you fill in their love tank. When when they fill lo- when their love tank's full, yeah. And so, which which is kind of an interesting thought of waiting to discipline or waiting to train when they are feeling loved instead of just the we, we're. We're so quick to spur the moment. We mm-hmm. see something. We want to address it. We want to, instead of like waiting to a, a more opportune time to train or a more opportune time to, to discipline. But that makes, it makes sense. I just don't know that we think about it that way, but it makes sense because it's just like anybody else, any of your friends or, or your spouse, you can say like, they can get away with saying a lot of things to you that a lot of people can't, if they know, if you know, they love you. Mm-hmm. And if your kid knows without a shadow of a doubt that, that you love them and you give them unconditional love, and I thought that was important too, there was a big difference between love and unconditional love. And he talked about unconditional love fully accepts and affirms. Like it, it's, 
it's not like when you do something well, it's I always love you. And I, and I think that's that's something that I try to do. Like I annoy Leah a lot and I'm good at it. I'm really good at it. Um, she annoys us a lot too and she's really good at it. But, you know, like, uh, and I, I've read this somewhere else too in the past, but talked about, you know, a lot of times our kids, when we annoy them or we have friction between our kids, it kind of dry. They, they naturally, you naturally want to give them space and they want to take that space. And the, but the more you do that, the more you create that space, the more you start to create a chasm and a divide between you and your kid. Like I annoy Leah and I, I take her off and go away, go away. And she's physical touch. And we'll get into that too. But, but I'll just, I like yesterday in the car, I, you know, I jumped out of the car seat and I, I, I came around to the back seat and I just put my head on her and just started like biting her and, and annoying her and just like annoying the mess out of her and getting in her face because I had annoyed her, but like, I'm still there and I still love you. I don't care. I, I annoyed you. Newsflash, that's going to happen. Like we're going to annoy each mm-hmm. other. That's going to be part of our life. But I was, I was letting her know, like I, st- dude, I'm, I'm still, I still love you. Like I know I'm, I'm annoyed, but I, and I, but I'm still going to annoy you just because I do love you. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, I think, um, you know, it, when we, when you have a tendency to have that, uh, they want space, and we got We got to do a good job of giving them space, of course, but not where like it's 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 awkward and we're driving a wedge and and then you space yourself out we don't want to space ourselves out we don't want to give them so much space that you look back and you go okay there's there's not a lot of room for me anymore well you know in the book it gives different examples of physical touch one of those examples was not biting your child (laughs) (laughs) when you said you're biting her i'm thinking what uh, I mean, are, are, we, are we like nibbling? Are we taking a big chunk? Are you biting uh, her on the arm? Yeah, I mean, just, what, what, just, give us some description. I would, here. I would say more. Of, it's more of a nibble. <laughs> it's more of a loving nibble than a than a big bite. But you know, it's 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 funny. Like they're all they're all different. Like I don't do that with Nicholas. I would never do that with Nicholas. You not bite Nicholas? I, no. Yeah. Actually, don't bite, I probably don't. would. But like, y'all have probably heard the story of Wojtek biting me. Seriously. <laughs> No, 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 Woj, 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 Woj. You sit back there and keep doing whatever. He's... Woj, okay, listen, Woj is our guy that he takes pictures. He he, he puts all this stuff together. Right. He does all the videos. Yeah. So just a background when you hear a, a new voice come in. But I don't want to hear your voice because I want to hear okay. Pastor Jay's okay, voice. So, no, no, right. no, 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 hold on. Yeah. Go, so, produce so we, me a sandwich. So we, we had moved to Georgia from Texas to start Greystone Church. This is killing Woj. That he, so, can't say, he can't get in there and say something. Right so now. one of the first things I did is I went out and met Mickey Kahn, who was the head football coach at Grayson High School, yep. and became the chaplain for the you know the local high school football team. Yeah, well, plug Woj, in the community. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, so we're out there, and uh, Wojak was also chaplain. He was like 18 years old, and so Mickey Kahn had this philosophy: whoever wants to come out can come out. So me and Wojak, you know, struck up a, a relationship, and I took him to dinner one night, and I was just sharing with him, hey, we're starting this church, and we're building this church on life-on-life discipleship, you know, older men, disciple on younger men. Well, he got so excited. We were driving in the car together. <laughs> he got so excited, and he just goes over, and he bites me on the shoulder. <laughs> oh, you're driving? I'm driving. He's riding shotgun. He gets so excited when I'm talking about life on life discipleship, he bites me on the shoulder. All right. So there's a couple of things there. <laughs> I love the excitement, by the way. Um was this Woj, was this like learned behavior from your parents? Like when you uh, no, when y'all, no, get, it wasn't. When y'all got excited at well, home, did y'all bite each other? All right. So I, I'm I feel impressed. like this you've got a you've got a plank in your eye 
And you're pointing this <laughs> right. Because uh, you just talked about biting Leah. Yeah, I, she's my family member. <laughs> I mean, to be clear, like okay. she right. is my my blood. Right. She's my okay. daughter. Like I don't I don't randomly bite random dudes. No. Right, but I, I'm impressed by House because he always like goes like 15 miles past of actually what happened, like drawing blood, biting necks. Whoa, he so, didn't say anything about blood. Uh, or no, necks. no, on a Sunday morning, he's definitely said that over the years. Yeah, but that's okay. That's, um, but it was hey, I was excited. Yourself. Life on Life Discipleship. Yeah. No other church in the area was doing it. So, dude, I got jacked. I was excited. I was like, oh yeah, that's what, what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, so um, biting range, Tyler. Yes. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah. So, so all right. Let me ask you a question. Yes. Have you ever bit your wife? Uh, well, we're no. getting a uh, really, <laughs> really. Have you bit your daughter's? Do you, do you, this for, is, okay, I'm, here's the best this question. You write it. My daughter's Same okay. thing with you, nibbling, playing around with them. Okay. Yes, of course. Have you ever bit any of your other friends? No. So it's just a one-time bite, one-time thing. It was a one-time, one-time thing. thing. Again, dude, okay. we were. I, I was. I was Did you ask forgiveness? Uh, no, it it was just like okay, all right. That was so. All right, last that, question: did, did you have teeth marks? No, it was uh, hardly even a. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, no. and I did. You're getting them worked up, dude. <laughs> over the yeah. years, over the years, I've I've accidentally said neck. Neck. Sho- so and I didn't say shoulder. Yes. Said shoulder. Say yes, I, I know. Yeah. I was I was so. impressed. I was impressed. This was a very tame yeah. story. Typically, okay. yeah. he goes. You I mean, know. it was it was weird, but yeah, it was, weird. it was weird. It was definitely weird. Like, so, hey, twenty years later, we're still talking about it. So. I know that, that's yeah, that's so, when it's a really good story. But right. let's let's make sure we um, student pastor not by bite day. Else. Student, let's not bite people that aren't yeah. our family. Student pastor Thank by you. day, vampire by night. <laughs> that was good. That was good. That yeah. was good. Yeah. So I want to. I want to. Follow up with this unconditional love. Because that was, you know, usually you're the contrarian in the podcast, and you're kind of the one who, hey. Naturally a contrarian. Yeah, like, but I'm kind of giving some pushback here because he's saying that it's our job as parents. Real love is unconditional love. Accepts a child for who he is and what he does regardless. And then he says conditional love is based upon performance and associated with training techniques that offer gifts, rewards, privileges for children who, you know, behave or perform in desired ways. Okay. Where are you pushing back? I'm pushing back because we're sinful people. Yep. I don't think, you can't always unconditionally love, like like God's the only one who can truly unconditionally love us. Like I understand we're trying to unconditionally love our kids, but I think human nature we're going to fall short. Yeah. We're, we're not perfect. I didn't take it as that. I took it more as like striving. I unconditionally love Nicholas and Leah no matter what. There's nothing they could do to ever make me not love them. Now, am I going to be upset in moments? Yeah, but I think it was to me it was more about like unconditional love is I'm always going to accept them. And I, and I try to tell my kids that a lot. Like, listen, no matter what you do, I'm going to love you regardless. And so I, look, I took it more big picture like, we're yeah. always going to love them. They're going to have cycles where we don't like them that much. We don't care for them that much, but we still love them. That's kind of how I took it. That Yeah, so it's, it's not day in and day out. You're not going to fall short. No, I mean. Yeah, I had a guy in our discipleship group say the other night, he's, <laughs> he said, you know, we unconditionally love our kids. He said, you know, wives, they come and go. <laughs> but our kids... We unconditionally love them. Like, we, we're going to love them no matter what because they're our kids. And so, you know, you're in small groups. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, wait, time out a second. Uh, just hold like, on. Hang pause, on a second. Pause. <laughs> like, 
Like wives don't come and go. No. Like Jennifer and I, you know, that's, we don't. We, she's my only wife. That's not like biblical. You won't find you won't find and, that in the and Bible. So he's like, he said, well, you know, the majority of people are divorced, and the majority of people, you know, wives coming. And he was kind of giving some some pushback, but hey, time out a second. <laughs> but the point he was making is to, to your point is we love our kids no matter what. No matter like what. you're gonna you're gonna love you're gonna love them no matter what they do just because they're your kids. Yep. But I do think I am guilty of this, giving them gifts or rewards or privileges based upon performance. Yeah. You know, I think. I think, um, I think everybody has that. I think everybody, we, we, we try to find ways to reward. But, but again, I mean, what does that look like? And I think we'll, we'll talk about this, you know, in future weeks too. But I liked it. It didn't, it didn't say, it doesn't have to be the, it doesn't have to be expensive. You know, it doesn't have to be the you know, the greatest gift and expensive mm-hmm. gift all the time. We can give all kinds of different gifts that um, excite them and, you know, and and we'll get into what that means to be a person that likes receiving gifts, but you kind of get an idea of the the reaction kind of gives it, gives it away. Like, mm-hmm. you know, people in your life and you've known kids in your life that like they get a gift and it's like, doesn't matter, doesn't matter what it is. But I think, I think I think a reward like for for example a reward system in our house really isn't we don't have much of a reward system like you, there's a lot of families which is I'm not I'm not criticizing at all there's a lot of people that you do chores you get paid which is perfectly okay you're getting you know you're working whatever like in in our house if you do chores you get to live there <laughs> I mean it's kind of the way we think about it but um, not everybody's gonna react the same and uh, everybody's not gonna give the same gifts but and it doesn't have to be big gifts but. I understand. I I understand what you're saying, but I don't think you have to think huge gifts, yeah. huge deals. I mean, clothes are a gift. Yeah. I mean, flipping your light switch on is a gift. <laughs> that works this month. Mm-hmm. I mean, the water running is a gift. I mean, well, let, let me share the five love languages, and then we'll wrap up this episode, and then we'll dive into them next time because we already we've already mentioned several of them yep um for those who don't already know the five love languages that they talk about in the book physical touch words of affirmation quality time gifts and acts of service thank you for listening to this week's family goals podcast with davy pollock and pastor jay the five love languages are physical touch words of affirmation quality time acts of service and gifts Every person feels and shows love differently and is very important to know how the people around you feel love the most. Over the next few podcasts, we'll be covering each of these love languages as we better understand how to love our kids better. So I encourage you and your family to take the love language test before listening to next week's podcast. Thank you again for listening to the Family Goals podcast, and we'll catch you next week.